we should be recording now. All right. How's it going, Richard? How, how are you doing? I am doing absolutely superb, Cedric. Yes, sir. Welcome. Welcome to the Lead to Greatness. I'm definitely excited about the value that you're going to bring to the Lead to Greatness community. So once again, thank you for, you know, accepting, accepting uh, the invitation to be on the Lead to Greatness uh, show. Well, I checked you out and I am honored to be here. Awesome. 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 That's good. We're ready to rock. We're ready to rock. So I want to start off with this, Richard. Um, please introduce yourself to the Lead to Greatness community. Tell them a little bit about yourself, you know, a moment from your childhood, something that happened that led you to the journey, your journey as an entrepreneur. And also I, I did some research and know you, you, you're an author, uh, author of multiple books. So I'm definitely excited to hear, hear about that. So walk us through it. Okay. Uh, Cedric, if I was to summarize my life probably up in one word, it would be test. Uh, wow. The day I was born, uh, I know and have never known anything about my real dad. Wow. Uh, if you could see my birth certificate where it says, Father, there's no name. Hmm. And uh, my mother, my natural mother, didn't want me. So at two weeks, I was adopted into a family that uh, again was part of my test wow. because I was only adopted because my dad wanted a son. Uh, my mother never wanted me. Wow. And she proved that to me almost every day of my life. I have three sisters. None of us are real brother and sisters. We're all adopted from different families. Wow. And Cedric, from the age of six to the age of 16, my mother used to tell me three things almost every day of my life. You're the stupidest kid I've ever met. You're never going to amount to anything in your life. And my happiest day will be the day when you're no longer in my house. Wow. Well, and, and you know how important parental messages are to a child. Yes. And when I was uh, 16 years of age and God has no, God has a sense of humor far beyond us. And he knows that I'm no good with math. So I was given one of the easiest birthdates in the world. I was born two, three, four, five. <laughs> and two weeks after I was 16, um, I was working at an IGA grocery store because my mom told me if I was to live in her house, I had to pay room and board. And been 16 for two weeks. I called my dad just like I always did to come get me. And my dad drove up in front of the grocery store and I started to walk over <laughs> the car and my, my dad opened the car door and leaned across the top of the car and said, Richard, wait a minute. And when he stood behind the car, I just froze because my dad was carrying something and what he was carrying was a suitcase. And he walked over and he set the suitcase down beside me and I was informed that that night, my mother had decided that I could no longer live in her house. Um, if you could have known my adopted dad, he was a great man, but uh, he didn't know what to do with my mother. Hmm. He gave me a hug and he told me, he said, Richard, I don't understand this, but I don't know what to do. And he hugged me even harder and said, don't you ever forget, I love you very much. And then he literally ran back to the car, uh, got in the car and sort of drove off. And the next thought I had in my mind was a man grabbing me by the shoulders and telling me, get out of the street mm. because I'm watching my dad drive out of my life. And I'm sitting there and my heart is about to jump out of my chest, Cedric. And I'm thinking, if you love me, how can you do this? Wow. And 
I stood on that corner for a little bit and I picked up that suitcase and I went into downtown Ardmore, Oklahoma. Uh, I got a room in a hotel. Next morning, I called a guy that his two kids were my best friends. And I told him what had happened. And about 35 minutes later, he was in my room. And after three hours, he asked me, what are you going to do? I told him I'm not going back. So he helped me find a room with the editor of the Daily Newspaper. And I paid her $5 a week to live in her house. And every day I'd go to school, I'd go to football or tennis practice, I'd go to work, I'd come home. And Cedric, I would sit at her dining room table doing my homework until I couldn't keep my eyes open. Because I knew that when I walked into that bedroom and crawled into that bed, I was going to cry myself to sleep. I mean, the human spirit needs love. The human spirit needs to feel love. And by the way, that's one of the feelings that's missing in our country today. If there's more anger than there is love in this country right now. Absolutely. Wow. I worked my way through college. When I was a sophomore in college, I went back to my mom and dad's house to confront them because I believe that anything you don't confront, you validate. Wow. And that is just such a powerful thought. Anything you don't confront, you validate. And I knew if I never confronted my mom and dad, I'd never get past this. I got to my mom and dad's house, wooden door, screen door. I ran to their door because I knew if I walked, I would run back to my car. I knocked on the screen door and my dad was the person who opened the wooden door. When my dad opened the door and saw me, he just turned white as a sheet. And I wish you could have been there because my, my dad didn't unlock the screen door. He stepped through the screen door. Wow. And with one hug, he told me everything that had been pinned up inside of him. He literally, Cedric, he literally carried me into the living room. And after a minute or so, he called for my mom to come see who was there. And she was in the kitchen fixing breakfast. And when she walked in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room and she saw me, she just froze. She stared at me for a couple of seconds, took her apron off, reached over, took her purse, took out her car keys, walked out the back door and drove off. And I never saw her again. And so from the beginning of my life, it's been a test. And I, I think a test is all about helping us to strengthen our belief, our trust, and our, and our faith. Uh, I can tell you, I worked my way through college. I finished my undergraduate work in English and speech. I did my master's uh, in ethics. And then I did PhDs in the subjects of philosophy and psychology. And I thought, I thought I was going to teach, Cedric, but didn't take long teaching high school seniors to realize I don't want to teach high school. So I was offered a position at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, uh, to teach there. I was there for two and a half years, and then I was offered a position at Wayne State University in Detroit. And while I was teaching there, the university went through a sort of redesign and I was told that they wanted me to give them back part of my salary. And I worked too hard to get there. So I resigned. And a week and a half after I resigned, I was at my home and my phone rang. And it was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jess Moody. And Jess was pastor of First Baptist Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. And he said, Richard, don't know you, never heard of you. But there's a couple of guys on our staff that says, I need to talk to you. We're looking for someone who will come here to West Palm Beach and head up the counseling division of our church. Would you be interested? 
Cedric, it was January. I'm sitting in Detroit, Florida. Ooh, looked like a great opportunity. <laughs> right. So I worked on that church staff for almost four years. And then, you know, you know, churches are never immune from their own set of conflicts. Yeah, absolutely. And we had three multimillionaires in the church who decided they wanted to destroy the church. I was the last one on the church staff to leave and a gentleman who I really respected. He had more money than he knew what to do with, but he understood the word stewardship, which to me is a phenomenal word uh, because it simply means responsible for. And he asked me if I'd run a counseling center there in the Palm Beaches where people could come free. He would finance it. Wow. Was there for a couple of years and I wrote some magazine articles that got some international attention. And I started getting groups that would ask me, would you come and share your research with us? I did that on a limited basis for a year and a half. And then I decided that this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And Cedric, that was 32 years ago. And for the past 32 years, I have traveled this globe from one end to the other, sharing my research and my philosophies and my thoughts with audiences of all sizes all over the world. And it's been, a, it's been a great life. But again, there's the constant testing of my belief, my trust, and my faith. Mm. When the coronavirus came along, March of this past year, I had 170 speaking engagements on my calendar. And by the second week in March, a big eraser had come out and erased everything. Jeez. Yeah. So here we go again, a test of my belief, my trust, and my faith. And I'm just a person who believes that God has a purpose for life. Yeah. And that if, if you and I have that belief, that trust, and that faith, yeah. God will always show us the pathway. Yeah. Uh, I, I love what I do. I love helping people. If God's given me one gift, Cedric, it's the ability to take what is confusing to people and show them the pathway to clarity. Wow. And wow. that that to me is a very a very important gift that I'm held accountable to. But that's me in a nutshell. And you talk about my books. I've written 19 books. I'm working on two more right now. Wow. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm looking for every opportunity I can to share who I am, what I am, yeah. and how I can help people. Cedric, let me just say this. I think you can boil life down to one question. Everybody has, they come to me for counseling. They bring me all their questions and they want me to deal with all their questions. And I go time out. Life is about one question. And that question is this, before you say yes to anything, take a deep breath because the deep breath slows you down. Mm. And you ask yourself, is this decision going to feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And you always know the answer. Will this decision feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Most of the messes that people get their life in is because they choose confusion over clarity. Wow. 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 Richard, man, this is, this is, man, your story is just so, I mean, it's, I mean, you driving us down, you know, the, taking us on the memory lane and, and all I see, like you said, just test after test after test after test. I mean, test coming out of the wound. I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a challenge, you know, for anyone, anyone to have to deal with, you know, growing up. You know, the fact of, you know, the first thing you experience is abandonment. I mean, just that 
just that fact of abandonment. I mean, how, how before we uh, move a little bit forward, because I, I do want to talk about something. You said 19 books. I want to talk about that. Uh, but how did, how did, how did, what, what happened? How did you get through this? I mean, what, what inside of you, you know, being a, t- being a teenager, being a toddler, being an infant, I mean, just going down, I mean, what was the experience like? What, what kept you grounded? Well, first of all, the first thing that kept me grounded was to prove to my mother she was wrong about her beliefs about me. Wow. I was not stupid. Yeah. And Cedric, when my mother died, I had to make a decision. Go to her funeral or go be with my dad after everybody left him. And to me, to go to my mom's funeral would have been hypocrisy. So I chose to go and be with my dad after everybody left him. And for the last five years of his life, he was my very best friend. That's amazing. And I, I wanted my mother to see, I'm not stupid. I am lovable. And I can do things with my life. And it's real interesting because a lot of the people that I work with, and I work as a mentor, not a coach. I I am not a person who accepts what we call coaching today, uh, but I am a mentor to human life and I help people guide their life. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's interesting how so many people live their life trying to prove something out of their yesterday to other people. Oh, and I don't have anything to prove. When my mother, Cedric, when my mother walked out that back door and she got in her car and she drove off, she freed me because I realized right then, no matter what I do, I am never going to be able to prove myself to her. So I closed that door and decided this is my life. It's my design. It is mine to create. It is mine to live. And I learned then the difference between living from the inside out and the outside in. And I live every day from the inside out where every day I work to increase the value of my life, both to myself and other people. Because if I'm not increasing my value to myself, I have nothing to offer you. Let me, let me ask you this question, Richard, because I don't want to, I don't want to move on without, without um, someone here, audience, lead to greatness audience, maybe dealing with this situation. I mean, some, someone may be 20 years old. So they may be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and still dealing with something from their childhood, something like abandonment, something like lies, something like you know being called things that you're not, people speaking those type of things in your life. What would you say to that individual as a first step to help them get unstuck? Well, first thing you gotta, you gotta understand, in every event in life, there is a lesson. Mm. But if I'm living from my emotions up, I won't find the lesson. But if I'm living from my mind down where I'm searching for improvement, I'll find the lesson. Wow. It, it's interesting, Cedric, because most of the people who come to me and want me to help them with their life are people who are trapped in their yesterday. And they can't seem to get past it. Hmm. So what we have to do is we have to look at what has made them a hostage. I think you're either a hostage to yesterday or a pioneer for the future. Wow. And And for years, I was a hostage. And and you're right. I get people who come up to me on times when I share my story on the stage. I get people who come up to me and say, you were talking to me. (laughs) That was me. Because most people have some struggle in their yesterday that they've never overcome. 
and it holds them as a hostage. And I can help these people have the freedom to quit looking over their shoulder and dragging the fear of yesterday into today. Because what takes us backwards is fear. Yes. Because with every negative event we've had in our life, we have associated fear with this. Uh And just for your audience, Cedric, from the day you're born to the day you die, you fight six fears. The fear of the unknown, which is huge today, absolutely huge today. The fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, which is huge. Uh, The fear of loss, everything you want with your life has a price tag to it. You only go as far as you'll accept the price tag. And then the fear of success, which is the number one fear I see in young people today. Young people don't understand success. Mm. They understand someone doing everything for them. And we're not teaching young people how to be successful today. We're actually teaching a false sense of dependency. Wow. 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 (laughs) Richard, I'm just telling you this. I mean, I haven't. I haven't uh, announced any knowledge bombs, but you you have a whole lot of knowledge bombs. I mean, off the bat, I mean, you have at least five already. I mean, just knowledge after knowledge after knowledge. And man, this is really good. I, I'm so excited, you know, um, you know, this this information that you're giving to us. And I, I, I have a question before we move forward, because you mentioned something you talked about, you know, in everything we deal with, there is a lesson. So my question for you is um, you personally, do you focus on trying to find the lesson or are you just living? I focus on finding the lesson. Okay, why is that? Because the lesson is freedom. Mm. If I don't find the lesson, I'm a hostage. Jesus. And every time I find a lesson, now there's a difference between finding the lesson, accepting the lesson and implementing the lesson. There are a lot of people who find the lesson, but then they don't do anything with it. Mm. You know, I I believe that right now in our world today, there are three A's that are so important to us with what we're going through. Uh The first A A is we need to learn how to adapt. I mean, if, if this new environment has done anything, it's shaking people out of their routines. Yes. And I tell you what, you want to put fear in a person, take them out of their comfortable routines. And then once we see where we need to adapt, then we've got to adjust. And here's the interesting thing. I can find the ways to adapt, but when it comes to adjustment, that means I have to face my behavior. Jeez. And Cedric, the number one philosophy, and I write a philosophy every day of my life. I do a thing called the morning minute where every morning I send a one minute video message to people. And of the thousands of philosophies I've written, the one I am the most quoted on around the world is three words, behavior never lies. That the essence of truth is not what we say or talk about, it's what we do. And adjusting means correcting behavior. So I've got to adapt, I've got to adjust. And then the third A, I've got to align myself around my new purpose. And this is what's holding a lot of people hostage today. They know they need to adapt. But when it comes to making adjustments, 
they're afraid of stepping out of their comfort zone. Wow. Wow. Wow, Richard. And this is, and this is, this is good. This is good, man. Wow. Man, Richard, I mean, man, you just, I mean, just knowledge bombs after knowledge bomb, man. This is really um, impactful uh, interview. You know, it, it's, you know, it, it's, I'm definitely uh, myself really going back and, you know, just listening to it over and over again, man, because this is really, you know, you, you, you done pulled out a lot of keys already that's really, you know, just, just really helpful things, you know, even need to go back and, you know, think about even, even myself. I want to, <laughs> I want to shift it a little bit. You, you mentioned that you already written 17 books. 19. 19. 19. Okay. I'm going to say that again. So you, you mentioned that you have already written you have already written 19 books. So my question for you is, what is the most difficult book you ever written? Cedric, there are two. Okay. Uh, probably the most challenging I ever wrote is my book entitled Breaking Free. Hmm. It's my life story. And it's how I rose above the programming that my mother gave me. Because parents can program children. And sometimes the programs are not positive. Wow. And so that was a challenging book. And second is uh, the best-selling book I've ever written entitled The Truth About Stress. Hmm. Uh, because I think stress is in epidemic proportion today. I'm dealing with more people through conversations, email, phone, whose their life is just being overwhelmed with stress. Uh, I get a lot of massages because I, I believe in them. And this morning I went to my massage therapist and we got to talking about this. And he told me, he said, Richard, the majority of people that are coming in here that I give a massage to, their body is captivated by stress. And I can feel it as I work on their body. Jeez. And, you know, stress is a natural part of life. If anyone ever came to Cedric and say, Cedric, you need to take all the stress out of your life. They want you dead. Because if I could take all the stress out of your life, you'd be dead in two and a half minutes. That's a medical fact. Stress is not negative until we try to avoid it and avoid what's creating it. Wow. Knowledge bomb. God. Wow. Continue. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Man, this is. Oh, man. It was a tough book to write because the hardest thing about writing this book was being able to define the word stress so that people could understand it. When I did my research, I found 127 different definitions to the word stress. Oh. I got to tell you, that was stressful. Yeah, absolutely. And yet most of them didn't really say what I wanted it to say. So I wrote my own definition of stress. And this is my definition. Stress is anything in life that makes you uptight. Hmm. Now, that's every part of your life, right? I mean, it's an everyday experience. Right, right. So we either have to learn to control our stress or we learn to avoid our stress. Uh, uh. I, think, I think the majority of human illness is the result of stress that's not confronted. Wow. So, so what you're saying is not about avoiding stress, but controlling it. Yes. I mean, and 
this is my this is my thought that permeates the book. Okay. People who work to eliminate stress create more stress. <laughs> People who learn to control it yeah. take and make stress their friend. Yeah. I believe that you and I live in a four room house. You have a business room, which is the number one room of mental stress, and it's huge today. You have your family room, which is your number one room of emotional stress. Wow. You think they're not couples out there today that are struggling because they've never spent this much time around each other? Wow. You have a, a social room, which is your playroom, where you're supposed to go to be able to relax. But with social distancing, we're not able to do that. Most people are so busy being busy, being busy, they don't know how to relax. I love to play golf. And I was playing not long ago with two gentlemen. And I asked him, why are you out here? We're, we're out here. We're going to just relax while we play golf. Man, I've never seen two people under more stress on the golf course. And throwing his clubs. And I just sat there and looked at him and said, I bet that was a stress release, wasn't it? <laughs> then, he got, then he got upset with me. And then you got your fourth room, which is your personal room. Oh, and Cedric, your personal room is where you go to be by yourself. <laughs> if anyone goes with you, it's a social room. Now, here's what I want your listeners to understand. We increase stress because we got the, the design of our rooms out of whack. Most people live business, family, social, personal. Wow. But if you're going to control stress, you got to live personal as number one. Jeez, yes, yes. Got to be time for you. Yes. Family has to be number two yeah. because you need that love and support. Yeah. And then your business room and then your social room. Jeez. And if we get our rooms in aligned and uh, this book, The Truth About Stress, we take those rooms apart. Yeah. And I show you how we create stress and how we learn to let go of that stress and control the stress in our life. Wow. Wow. The truth about stress, man. I'm, I'm, um, as soon as I get off, man, I'm definitely, so uh, let, let, let the lead, let the listeners know is the book on Amazon or uh, where, where to find this book. Yeah, it's on, it's on Amazon, but you can also go to richardflint.com backslash stress okay. and it'll pull the book up and it's, uh, it's in, uh, paperback, but it's also in the form of a, a, an ebook, and both of them are listed right there. That's Just right. richardflint.com backslash stress and poof, the book will appear. Oh, man. Man, I love it, Richard. I mean, man, you've done some great work. I mean, I'm just listening to you. The knowledge, I mean, just full of knowledge lead to greatness, lead to greatness. Reach out, reach out to, to, to Richard. Richard, before I, uh, you know, just get some, you know, contact information from you, uh, what's some great tips and insight you can give to lead the greatness community to help us reach our greatest potential? Okay, here's what I want to do first. Okay. I want to give you the second most powerful philosophy I've ever written. Okay. Okay. First is behavior never lies. Okay. The second is to live every day with a positive presence that is present when you're not present. Wow. Can you say that again, Richard? Man, that's, that's every day creating a positive presence that is present when you're not present. Wow. Unpack that for us. Yeah. And well, let me use you. Uh, in your lifetime, the brief time you've been on this earth, has there been people who have passed through your life that have helped shape who you are today? Absolutely. Give me the first name of one. Uh, Sergeant Rowe. Okay. Why Sergeant Rowe? 
uh, Sergeant Rowe, he basically in a position of my life when I, I, I didn't know what leadership was. He said something to me. He told me because, you know, in the military, you're taught to respect someone by their rank. But he told me something that stuck with me. And I, it's, it's, it's a part of my leadership right now. He told me, he said, you know what? I want you to respect me from who I am, not because of my rank. That changed the way I've seen leadership forever. Okay. Now, is he still in your life? Is he still alive? No. I, I, I was actually, I was looking him up, trying to find him, but I couldn't find him. Sergeant Rowe, if you're listening, hey, look me up. <laughs> okay. Now, let me ask you this, because I know the answer. You've already answered my question. Are there still times in your life when he talks to you in your head? Almost every week. This is crazy. Okay. And isn't that him having a presence that is present when he's not present? Wow. Yes. Isn't that the greatest compliment that can be paid to you and I, that we have a positive presence that is present when we're not present? Wow. Can I give a moment of silence for the knowledge bomb? <laughs> but that is such a powerful thought. That is. Okay. I've got, I've got five tips. I want to. Oh give man, you. this is good. This is good. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Tip number one. And these are tips that if you're going to strengthen yourself as a leader, mm -hmm. as a, a father, a mother, as a student, there are five things you have to do. Mm -hmm. Number one, resilience in your life must be a must. <sighs> oh. I mean, the second most beautiful word in language to me, the first most beautiful word in language is love. Yes. And second is resilience. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> resilience says you can knock me down but you can't keep me down yes 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 i've had the rug pulled out from under me yes but with the help of god and he's placed every time i had the rug pulled out from under he's put someone in my life who gave me a hand mm. and helped me to stand up with the lesson yes so my tip to everybody is Make resilience a part of your life and know that your life is going to get knocked down. You're going to get knocked down, but you have the power to get back up. Yes. yes. Tip number two, oh, man. evolve huh. as a person. Huh. Cedric, I reached on December the 4th, I reached a five-year dream in my life. Hmm. I opened through my website, richardflint.com, I opened my learning center. And it's a learning center based upon my knowledge, based upon my research on my writing. Mm -hmm. And we divided it into three tiers, undergraduate, graduate, and postgraduate. So that well, no matter where you are in your life, I can help you. And it's all about helping people to evolve. Mm -hmm. You stay the same, you are the same, no matter what you talk about. If you stay the same, you are the same. Jeez. The third tip, my three A's that we talked about. You've got to be willing to adapt, to adjust, and to align yourself around the commitment that you've made for your life. And then the fourth, uh, the fourth tip, clear your confusion. Before you say yes to anything, take a deep breath. Ask yourself a question. Is this decision going to feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And you know the answer. And then... Um, the last tip, hold yourself accountable. 
Wow. You know what I learned in the counseling center? Most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. (laughs) So true. So true. I mean, you ever tried to be honest with somebody because they asked you to and they they told you, well, I don't need your criticism. (laughs) You're judging me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But honesty is never criticism when it's said out of a love, a heart of love and concern. Yeah. Wow. Richard, 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 Richard. Man, this has been an amazing, amazing interview. Man, you're definitely, man, just unleash so much value in your years of research. And man, we haven't even, I know we haven't even touched the surface of it. You know, the knowledge that you have, man, because just every area um, that we discuss, man, you're just hitting so much so much wisdom and knowledge from every situation. So, man, we are so definitely grateful and thankful for that. Um, so, Richard, man, I know right now, Lead to Greatness audience, we're listening. And we're excited. We have our pens ready. And we're ready to write down right now. How do I connect with Robert? Rich, I'm sorry. How do I connect with Richard Flint? Well, my... Website is richardflint.com. It's F-L-I-N-T.com. And there you'll find information on everything we're, we're doing. And Cedric, I'd invite your audience anytime they'd want to every Friday uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I do an open mic question and answer time with people. Wow. We have a, we have a subject for the, for the hour. And yeah. I give a little introduction. Then we open the mic and we let everybody talk about our topic. And it's every Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And you can go to my website and you can register there. Okay. Um, and and I, I normally don't do this, but I, I, I'm just feeling from my heart I need to do this. If I raise any question with any of your listeners who would like to reach out to me because of something they've been through, yeah. if they would simply reach out to me at richard at richardflint.com, uh, I'll help him if I can. Wow. Man. Oh, that's so generous, Richard. And we're going to remind you the truth about stress, richardflint.com backslash stress. And it's right there. Everybody needs to read this book, especially today, because stress is out of control today. And most people don't know what to do about their stress. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm getting the book today. I'm getting the book today. You said one more thing that I want to, um, you said the morning the morning minute. The morning minute. This is something that God laid on my heart 12, 12 years ago. Uh-huh. And what I do is every morning, uh, I, I send a 60-minute video email uh-huh. that is about one of my philosophies of life and a piece of wisdom to go with it. And it's you get these morning minutes for 365 days, one every single day. Wow. And every month is a different topic. Every morning is a different philosophy. And it's on my website, The Morning Minute. They can check it out. And I'll offer this to you people. You know, it's a subscription program. I'll tell you that. Okay. Uh, it's $99.95 for the year. But I'll let you experience it for 21 days free. Wow. Wow. To so, see if it's something that would mesh with your life. Wow. Wow. Everybody needs a guide, Cedric. Yes. Everybody needs someone 
who's not there to fix their life. Because yes. people come to me and go, can you fix my life? And I tell them, I don't have a bottle of glue that big. Yeah. Mm. But I can guide you. God has given me the ability to know what questions to ask mm. in order to help people find clarity. Wow. You know, I want three things for people. I want them to be better, which is possible. I want them to be smarter, which is possible. And I want them to be stronger in their belief, their trust, and their faith in their self, which is possible. And that's my crusade, Cedric. That's my crusade. Wow. Wow, Richard, man, thank you. That's, That's so generous of you. So as far as the Lead to Greatness audience, is there any type of code or anything they need to put in or... Nope. It's, it's, everything is right there. I mean, uh, if they go to richardflint.com backslash stress, the book will come up. The order form is right there. They can order there. And it's cheaper there than it is on Amazon. I'll just tell everybody that. All right. And for the, the morning minute, uh, or for my summer conference, which is this next July, mm-hmm. which our theme is I can because I will. Uh-huh. And for the, uh, for the things that we do, they're all right there. And you know, just reach out to me, Richard at richardflint.com. If you think I might be a fit for your life as maybe a mentor for your life, yeah. reach out to me. Let's talk. And I'll tell you whether I think I can help you or not. I turned a couple away last night. I was at dinner with a couple who wanted me to work with them. Yeah. And I told them, you're not ready for me. Mm. Because you're not at a place where you really want to be honest and held accountable for your life. Wow. Because I play no games with people, Cedric. I play no games. And if you want to improve, we can do it. But if you want to play games, I am the wrong person for you. Oh, that's awesome, Richard. Richard, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of the Lead to Greatness community, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and adding value to us. Well, thank you for inviting me. And, and Cedric, let's come back sometime and let's talk about the face, the face of exceptional leadership. Yes, I do. I, I really, I really, Richard, I want to reschedule, um, you know, in a couple of months, I want to reschedule and do another podcast, man. This has been amazing. And I know once you go live, you know, the uh, Lead to Greatness audience is going to be screaming the same song or better yet, singing the same song. So, yeah, I'm definitely... Definitely looking forward. Thank you very much for giving me this honor to be part of uh, your podcast. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you so much.